This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He plays. He's going Public of Football. I'm your host, the college editor here at Dave Campbell's Ishmael Johnson alongside Carter Yates. What's up, man? I'm trying really hard not to think about the fact that we are winding down the regular season in yeah. college football. What, two weeks to go? Two weeks to go. This is crazy. This is when the most important football is played, though. So we got, yes. we've got the best stuff in front of us. The best is yet to come, but it still also means that it's also coming to an end. What did Jelly Roll say? The windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror for a reason. He was spitting. He, that was so awesome he was when spitting. he said that. He was spitting at the CMAs. Uh, the reason why you can hear us and see us is, of course, everyone's having mouth out. Mallory Hartley. Hi. Hey. How's it going? You doing good? I'm doing fine. Thank okay. You. Just making sure. Are you yeah. sure? All right. Just making sure. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm turning both your mics off. Oh, uh, no. I'm just asking how you're doing. Wow. That's so very. It's very nice of you, and I said I'm fine. Okay. All right. Just trying to clarify okay uh to, on today's show we're gonna talk a little bit about i mean nothing changed in the power playoff so not really much to talk about we're gonna talk a little bit about the playoff and kind of the scenarios left uh to from a texas perspective obviously because things are starting to uh i don't want to say get it's still holding firm right but like everything we also every scenario that could get them in is still on the table so it's kind of like every week it's the jenga towers getting taller right but more wobble wobbly right exactly it's like you know exactly what like the pieces that are that are unstable and you're just trying to like uh, the the playoffs kind of like avoiding those because it's like eventually you got to pull them right mm-hmm. eventually you got to pull the one that you're afraid is going to topple and we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit uh we'll go into the power pole as well but then of course we're going to talk a little bit about quinn ewers because some little reports rumors bubbling to the surface that he may be coming back to, for 2024 we'll see um a lot of people kind of penciled him in for at least uh, the nfl i mean i wouldn't say he would have transferred anywhere but i think for the nfl because of course he was behind him we'll talk about that in a bit but first let's talk about the playoff a little bit uh things were uh revealed last night of course on espn the only change was that georgia jumped ohio state uh, to be number one which of course if things stand pat of course they won't because ohio state michigan have to play but if things stand pat that means georgia would play a florida state and then ohio state michigan theoretically in this scenario would play in the other mm-hmm. semifinal game um of course washington oregon still at five and six and then texas comes in at number seven i believe that is the still the lone texas school uh yeah i think that ranked, a, yep. yes yes ranked yes uh, in the AP, in the college football playoff so again there's still some sweaty palms out there i feel like from texas fans in reality everything's still there for them potentially the again the nightmare scenario only comes into play if bama beats georgia that's potentially where you can get into some funny business because, again, does the playoff leave a one-loss SEC champion out of the playoff even though they lost the head-to-head game at home by double digits to Texas? Um, so, again, Michigan-Ohio State, that's going to solve itself. Washington-Oregon won. Both of those teams pr- – one of those teams may not make the Pac-12 championship because they still got tough schedules. I think they've still got Oregon State coming up. Uh, there's another tough game in there, I believe, the Apple Cup with Washington State. So like they can always frisky, always frisky. So one of those teams cannot make it as is, but regardless, you would think the one of those two will make it in um, to replace whoever loses Ohio State, Michigan. So again, then it comes down to who, uh, and then of course Florida State could also lose as well. I can I should mention that. Um, they so had a well, scare last weekend. They did Miami. have a little. I yes, feel they like they looked very like yes. vulnerable. I feel like every weekend. Everyone's just waiting for Florida State to drop. Well, because the ACC is just so bad that I don't think people want to reward them with the, with a the spot. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that legitimately people look at the ACC and it's like, I guess we have to because it's a power conference and they're unbeaten. But, like, I don't know anybody that's, like, if you're listing the four best teams, I don't think anybody has Florida State in that. Florida State's that team where if they lost one game, they would drop to number 11. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I could definitely see that. Because, like, again, Clemson's quote-unquote turned it around, but they only beat Clemson by one or by one score. 
Duke, they beat Duke, but they didn't have Riley Leonard healthy. You mentioned Miami last week. And it's just like, and then their be, their best wins by far LSU, which of right. course looks great because LSU's gotten their act together. Uh, but let's put it this way. Texas fans, calm down, right? Pay attention to Washington, Oregon, because that's probably the spot that you're going to be wanting to pay attention to because if they lose sometime in the regular season, things get a little crazy. And then turn it on for Ohio State, Michigan. That's all you got to care about. That's all you got to care right. about. I just don't see a scenario where Texas finishes as Big 12 champion with one loss and a win over Alabama and they're left out of the playoff. I th- again, I, th- I, d- I don't either, but I think it comes down to the politics of – if again it's 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 the what if and it's like if georgia loses but if georgia loses to alabama how do you put alabama and georgia in and not texas no, no, no. i don't yeah. think no here's well i agree with you right here's what i'm saying i agree with you is that in that scenario let's say ohio state beats michigan so you got ohio state let's say florida state and then you got the winner of the pac-12 right in that scenario i agree with you it should be texas right they have the they have the best win i think the best non-conference win of any of these teams maybe aside from florida state probably including florida state um but i think it comes from does the playoff if if georgia loses that game it'd be precedence because at that point you're leaving the one loss sc champion out of the playoff now i'm not saying that they in this scenario texas doesn't deserve it over them i think they do they beat them but that's going to that's going to be a weird precedent that I don't know if the playoffs going to be the playoff committee is going to want to do because like just because of numbers why like it's people right it's not numbers that is calculating mm-hmm. this it's just people, people in a room saying and it's like in their think. mind they're like one loss to see champion they're in right i think in their mind they're just like they're just in and it's like that's to me it's a i have to see it to believe it i think texas should get in i don't know if they will because of that exact thing well, i would love to hear boo corgan explain this <laughs> oh 100 after well, after you know, this nightmare scenario well, no, happens. you know what's gonna happen he's gonna be like well that was in september and this yeah. is november and well, it's gonna be like well, this gonna, a different yeah. team now and it's like okay September win is actually uh, not in the same quadrant as a December win. And right. The, yeah. No, that's going to be it. That's going to be their excuse um, because they can come up with anything. And it just it, it, it is what it is because it's their decision, basically. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, too, I think that strength of schedule plays into that a lot as well. I mean, if you take a look at Alabama's schedule, like no offense to Texas, but they have played a harder gauntlet of a schedule r- over Texas. It's gonna and I know yeah. that like Alabama, ha- Texas has the – the head-to-head over Alabama, but mm-hmm. I still think that at the end of the day, their strength of schedule does play a lot into that. I'm not pushing back on that thought, but have they played that much harder for a schedule than Texas? I think if Oklahoma – I think Oklahoma losing that game hurts them a bit. I think so, too. Losing okay. the Oklahoma State game. Because yeah. I think if they beat them in a rematch, I think it's a lot easier to say that Texas – a lot easier to say that Texas played a harder schedule. Right. Um, and so I think if Texas draws Oklahoma State, I think it was good – but, like, I don't know if a lot of people pencil them in as, like, ah, yes, Oklahoma State quality win over like, comparatively to, like, LSU, right? Uh, to, you know, comparatively. Oklahoma turning into a pumpkin did not help. Right. No. That that was the – I think – because, again, that you were setting up the rematch, and therefore you would have had Kansas State, Iowa State, and then a rematch with Oklahoma, which would have been an incredible way to end the year potentially mm-hmm. for them. Um, so, again – Then Oklahoma State getting scoreboarded by UCF. UCF right. So, like, it, either, the, yeah. the conference schedule is just kind of, like, taking little hits there, here yeah. and there. Again, I think the Big 12 is just really good That's this year. Big 12 football, baby. I was about to say, no, like, I, re- I really do think the Big 12 is just really good this year. But now it's like, oh, what's happening? You know, Kansas has Kansas State has Kansas this week. If they lose that game, mm-hmm. you know, what happens to that? So, it's very weird. Um, They're just cannibalizing each other. Right, like, it kind just, of is. <laughs> like, the it SEC, really is. It's what we thought the Pac-12 was going to be. You're right, exactly. The SEC kind of of has the, t- the the top teams kind of like eventually separating themselves right so it's like the the lsu's bama's and georgia's kind of move up here and then whoever beats each other mm-hmm. it looks really good so um anyway we'll we'll figure it out but it, just calm down texas fans things are still uh in front the of you. dreams are still alive the dreams are still alive nothing to worry about yeah beat, beat iowa stay first um all right let's look at the power poll really quickly before we get to the last part of the quinn ewers uh news that i mentioned um okay so this is the week's power poll from the top to the bottom texas smu utsa texas a&m texas state texas tech tcu rice houston baylor north texas utep sam houston all right we only had one change from last week was it north texas dropping no north texas stayed at 11 i believe it well crap no i made it and i don't remember what (laughs) was it it a&m i think texas a&m and texas state yes switched switched, because texas state was at four yes 
and then they lost to Coastal, so right, Texas A&M so jumped. Big question here. Can Sam Houston jump UTEP? I was on yes. Sam Houston jumping UTEP last week. I am week. too. I was too. I well, was too. Again, we go How back many to wins that, does we, UTEP have? They have three. three. Well, we're going Ooh. back. They have the head-to-head. Going back. That's I the forgot thing. about head-to-head. the head-to-head. That's but the thing. Also, ooh, I don't know. So they have middle and liberty coming up. UTEP does. Well. And then Sam Houston, not much easier. They have Western Kentucky and middle. So I know the head-to-head should count for something, but also – Sam Houston coming up from the FCS into sure. the FBS. I sure. have. It's almost like UTEP doesn't have an excuse That's for the fair. season they're having, right. while Sam Houston does. That's fair. I can see that. I can definitely see that. All right. Uh, not much. Like, like you said, not much movement. Texas State lost, so they dropped one spot below AM, who won and then still fired their head coach. Um, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about this Quinn Ewers news because I'm very fascinated by it. So I believe it was on three that reported it, saying there's some sources saying... Inside Texas. Inside Texas. Inside Texas. Inside Texas. Inside, Inside, on three, yeah. yes. Um, saying that they've heard some rumblings. I think the quote was 90% likely that Quinn Ewers comes back. Of course, things could change. If Quinn Ewers throws 400 yards to close out the season, he's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think this is something we've kind of, in the office, have talked about a little mm-hmm. bit, where it's like, he isn't having the year that I think... One, he was hurt for a couple games, so he missed some, he missed some time. But then also, he hasn't had the year that I think we kind of expected. He's been a good quarterback, but not a – I think the ideal scenario for him, for Texas, and in our minds was he comes in, has an all-conference type year, not a Heisman necessarily, but all-conference type year, plays well enough for people to get intrigued by his talents again, goes to the NFL, right? Whether it's probably not first round, probably day two, early second, third round, something like that. But regardless, goes to the NFL – Arch comes in, takes over after that, and then it's his program to go forward. I think that was like the ideal scenario. Yeah, it's just the Quinn Ewers year this year, again, been very good, very solid, but he's not having that Jaden Daniels LSU type season where right. it's this Texas team is so good because of Quinn Ewers. Right. It's just that Quinn Ewers is the pilot of this very good Texas team, which is fine, which yeah. is great. He's right. played well. He's done exactly what he's needed exactly. to do. It was also very hilarious how that inside text report came out, and then instantly Pete Thamel was like, actually, he's not sure yet. Right, right, None right. of us are sure yet. <laughs> right. We don't know. Yeah. Again, again, because, like, again, it does create an interesting situation because all of a sudden it feels like everybody's in waiting to figure out if Arch mm-hmm. is going to start next year. And, like, granted, I don't think it's the worst thing for either of them for that to happen. I think I when Ewers could so use either. another year, and I think Arch could use another year of sitting and learning. He wasn't the second string guy this year, no. right? For him to go from third string, not ready, clearly not ready, to the starter in an offseason would be a lot. Now, I think that unfortunately puts Malik Murphy at a weird situation. Like, probably he does transfer maybe in that situation because I think Texas does want to get Arch some reps not, maybe. All three of them are not back next right, year. Right, exactly. Some yeah. situation like that. From what I've seen, Arch is more or less – from early – again, they're mostly responding to rumors, talking to people around Arch. I think it is more or less he's staying, like he's willing to stay, which, again, I think that shows that he probably sees that he's not ready, right? He's coming from the equivalent of Texas 3A football. (laughs) Throwing him into the SEC next year would be crazy. Um, So, again, I agree that all three of them are not back. I would presume that Malik Murphy's put enough out there to be like to have the intrigue of somebody out there. So I think for him it does create a little bit of an interesting scenario. But I think for – I'm very curious because, like, this was a scenario that we were kind of questioning is like, does Art, does Quinn just go to the NFL anyway? Right. That was kind of the thing. And, or does he come back? I don't think he transfers, right? I don't think that's an option for him. I really think he stays with Texas or goes to the NFL. I think so too. What gets so frustrating is people saying, Oh, this is proof that arch sucks. If right. they're not shoving Quinn Ewers out of the door, right? Whatever happened to, you just got to sit for two years and wait your turn behind a more upperclassman quarterback. Look at Carson Beck at Georgia right now. He's playing great. Playing yeah. great football right now. Sat behind Stetson Bennett for two years. And I think we thought Quinn Ewers was just destined to go to the NFL after two seasons because he was right. always presumed to be the three-and-done guy. Right. And sometimes life just doesn't work out that way. You've been injured twice. Mm-hmm. You didn't play at Ohio State. I can't picture Quinn Ewers in the NFL next year. Maybe no. that's me and just a guy who's paid attention to Texas high school football, and he's just younger than me, so mentally I can't see him being in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But I don't look at Quinn Ewers and say, 
that's the savior of an NFL French franchise next right. year. Yeah. Right now, he's a flyer. He's a flyer you take, right? It's like this guy has arm talent. This guy's improved from his uh, first starting year to his second year. He's improved. He hasn't been incredible. But you take a flyer on him, and you maybe see what you can work and with. And it doesn't have to be that way. Right. You don't have to be a flyer. Dude. No. Just he, stay one more year, put another great season on tape, and then go to the NFL. And it's also a lot more intriguing of a quarterback year. So I think there's a top two. I think there's Caleb Williams and Drake May. I think mm-hmm. those are the top two. But then you got guys like – I mean, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, Spencer like, Rattler. Spencer Rattler. <laughs> honestly, as far as injury goes, I mean, I mean, maybe. He's kind of in that Spencer Rattler class, right? Yeah, in terms of like guys that you wouldn't bet the franchise on. He but could guys- be a top two QB next year. And yes. he would be like QB five maybe. this year. Yeah, I was about to say maybe. Um, I'm trying to think of any other names. Jaden Daniels, if he decides to leave. You know, things like that. So, What about Jalen Daniels from Kansas? <laughs> Jalen Daniels, Jalen or Jaden. He's got to figure out his back problems. First. I know. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so yeah, that I mean we'll keep an eye on this, obviously. But I do think it's an interesting thing that it's coming up. Uh, McCarthy is another one who isn't yeah. putting up great numbers, but I probably teams will still bet on McCarthy probably before him. So oh, yeah. look, I don't know Quinn Ewers, but from an outside looking in, I think the reason we thought he might just go to the NFL is because he seems to live his football life on fast forward. Sure. As in, he skips his senior year to go right. straight to college and then right. he was always going to go to the nfl after three years and then they get arch and so it seems like it's sped up even more and so it's like i gotta leave before he start. you know th- there always seemed to be like this presumed competition between them and it was like i don't mm. think there was ever a competition between. i don't them. think there was either. like sark knew what he was doing when he was bringing in both guys he was like this is the guy now this is the guy for later you don't have to worry about each other because he's not ready and you're our best option for now like so I think everybody, everybody, I mean, including us media, they're kind of like, all right, so when's a competition going to start? And it's like, it's not a competition. Like right. <laughs> Now, it, maybe it's a bit more of a competition next year if maybe. they both come back. Maybe. I still think Quinn Ewers would start over that, and that'd be good for Arch to get another season of reps and yep. not go straight into the SEC. Next year, they go to Ann Arbor. I'm yeah. pretty sure to play Michigan. They do. Oh, can you I imagine, forgot about that. Can you imagine Arch Manning That's coming right. out next year and shoving Quinn Ewers out the door so he can go to Ann Arbor, play Georgia, play there's someone at LSU or something. Oh, yeah, their their games. Their schedule's a gauntlet. So yeah, their games are at Michigan. Uh, let's see. Of course, they get Oklahoma. Is that Week One? Week no way, that's week, that's week okay. two. Uh, at Ann Arbor, home, uh, or neutral versus Oklahoma. At Arkansas, home versus Florida, home versus Georgia. At, remember, ooh, they get a at Co- uh, College Station next year for the reunion of the, yep. the right. reuniting of the rivalry. So oh, again, man. it's a very tough schedule to start off with. That yeah, I agree. Yeah, imagine punting your five-star one-of-one QB out the door for Arch Manning to do that. Like, couldn't be me. Yeah, no, absolutely not. If so, I'm Arch Manning, I'm begging Quinn Ewers to stay for another <laughs> year. He's like, dude, please, I will like, take one more year. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. My gosh. righty. so let's go on to our games of the week, Mallory. And we'll talk about any other news relating to those teams as we do. All right, let's start off with the Blue Bonnet Battle, correct? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Baylor, Blue Bonnet Battle. Baylor at TCU this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. You can watch it on Big 12 Network or ESPN+. Plus. TCU coming in as 13-point favorites, the over-under 58.5. Yeah, credit, first of all, not a fan of the name, but credit to them for trying to stir up something for this game because yeah, there's because nothing else. <laughs> because there's because one there's Baylor no stinks, noise. so they got to drum up something for them. And then historically, it is significant, right? It's about to pass Texas and Texas A&M as the most it's the, the the most played rivalry in the state of Texas. So yes, I'm glad that they've acknowledged that <laughs> finally. <laughs> Look, they they're getting skewered for this name. And let me defend the kids here. Go the for student it. Government. I was about to say it was a student government. It's thing. student governments. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of the name personally. I think Blue Bonnet Bowl would have been, even though Blue Bonnet Bowl was a thing, I think mm-hmm. getting the rights to the name Blue Bonnet Bowl would have probably been better. But it, anyway. They worked very hard on this first summer. It, it takes a lot of moving parts to come up with a rivalry name like this. Credit yes. to them for getting a trophy, trying to do something to drum up some support for this game, which is a very good game historically, but this year mm-hmm. will be kind of interesting. This will be... I'll be there, though. Yeah, you I will, will be. be there. You will be there because, I mean, nice. it's in Fort Worth, and it's if this was in Wake, I don't know if I'd make you because <laughs> it would be like seven people, um, and six of them will be TCU fans. Um, so as far as on the field goes, like, are we giving Baylor any shot? No, I think Baylor's done. Yeah, I think they I too. just every Dave Aranda new sad quote of the week drops every week <sighs> where it's oh, like let me oh, let me find yeah, I gotta find, find that it. quote. I did see that. They read like that. a Werner Hartzog quote. Uh hold on, Dave Aranda. Oh boy. Um where's the quote? I think it was from Zach Smith. 
I mean, oh God. Okay, here we go. So <laughs> Zach Smith, or somebody asked him about the coaching carousel overall, because mm-hmm. uh, of course Jimbo Fisher kind of kicked it off. So uh, this is from Zach Smith, uh, writer at the Waco Tribune. Whenever uh, this is from Dave Miranda, whenever you see the Christmas commercial where it's the car with a ribbon on it, you know someone's about to get fired. This is the signal that firings are coming next. That's just how it is. You sign up for that. What? (laughs) (laughs) That was my exact (laughs) my exact thought. And so I I quote tweeted that and put it with the (laughs) Werner Herzog quote of. or is it? Let me see. Oh, what? It was a uh, no one. Dave Aranda. Civilization is like a thin layer of ice upon the deep darkness, a uh, deep ocean of chaos and darkness. Like, that. <laughs> he basically reads like Werner Herzog. Yeah, he's getting so morbid and sad. <laughs> oh God! First, it's like I thought we were. I thought the 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 what was it? The pregame was great, and it's like oh, actually nobody's playing for anybody. <laughs> Levels of Jover. And then the Christmas <laughs> commercials means firings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's where Baylor's at. So they, no, they are not going to win. This yeah, game. no, they're definitely. Um, win this game. Is Chandler Morris back for TCU, or are Maybe. they going with Josh Hoover the rest of the year? Because Chandler Morris was in uniform last he week. He was. He was. I uh, don't think he's healthy yet. I think Pl- Jamie Plunkett said last week the plan for now was to Hoover to start. Uh, he's healthier, but is still being evaluated. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he got the green light or if he was just like an emergency. Like you're at like sixty percent, and if Hoover's hurt, you got to go. I think they win either way. By the way. Well, I was gonna say yeah, why? So why? They don't need him this week. No, they really don't. To be quite frank, they don't need Chandler Morris. I think Josh Hoover's perfectly fine and good enough yeah. to get it done. Even despite um, uh, play calling woes, we'll just say, I think that it won't matter because no. I just don't think Baylor's in it anymore. Look, no. if TCU goes out there and puts up a 17-point game, then it's alarm bells yeah. ringing everywhere. This see. this should be a flex game. Yes. No, it should yeah. be very much. Be. I'm looking at this right now. Baylor has... So twenty-five to twenty-four loss to Houston. Uh, fifth, they gave fifty-nine to Kansas State, of course. Thirty to Iowa State. Thirty-nine to Tech. Thirty-five to UCF in a game they probably should have lost. Uh, and then of course thirty-eight to Texas. So yeah, they ain't they they ain't stopping nobody. Forty-two to Texas State. Their only games that they've given up less than thirty are Long Island, Utah, who was only like third-string quarterback, and that's it. Oh, and then Houston, of course, which they still lost. So yeah. Yep, I'm not. I'm not super interested in that game. Nope. I'm interested to see the rivalry for the first time. The yeah, actual, like, yeah. the, the dubbed rivalry for the first time. Right. So. All right. Let's move on here to one that's very interesting. Because Carter, I'm going to make you read some of that quote that we talked about before. Oh, yes. Texas playing at Iowa State this Saturday at 7 p.m. Can watch it on Fox. Texas coming in as seven and a half, seven and a half point favorites, over and under 47 and a half. Carter, you have the floor. Iowa State left guard Jared Hufford on Texas coming to town for the final time. It's going to be one heck of a farewell present. They're going to come here on senior night in the dark. I don't think they really know what is going to be coming for them. We've beaten them four of the last five times at home. They don't have a good record here. They get all the five-star recruits and have all the nicest stuff in the world, and they just think they don't stink. They're just humans, and that's how I see them. They're people that have such a high ego that needs to be checked. End scene. You got to watch Sweat and Byron Murphy coming up. Bro, I was like tempted to pick Iowa State in this game until that quote. <laughs> yeah, because like, now they're going to get tempted, wrecked. <laughs> I was tempted because this is an Iowa State team that's kind of cooking right now. Texas seems to be really flirting with the idea of blowing this game, blowing their, their chance at, a, at the Big 12 title. Uh-huh. And then they just go and light the fire for no reason. I thought we were pa- like, it's been a couple of years since the Brees Hall five star, which was a versus- bar. Can we admit that was a no, bar? Yes, Everyone- yes. Brees Hall's five. For those who don't that don't remember, I think it was twenty. I think it was Stark's first year, twenty twenty one. Yep. Uh, Brees Hall drops the. They, we have five star culture. They have five star players. Like that was like that which was, was after the game. Yeah, it was, too. After, it was after the game. <laughs> yeah, it was a bar. It was awesome. And then of course Texas uses that to steamroll them last year. But like it was a great quote. I thought we were past that. <laughs> I really thought we were past yeah. that because there's no need to do that anymore, especially, like you mentioned, before the game. Do it after the game. Do it if after you win. The- if you win, then you can talk all the smack they w- at you want because you got a year. Or no, you won't play them again. I was going to say, they're not going to play, them, play again. them again. This is where you're supposed to lie low. No, one's, no one was talking about – no one uh, major was talking about Iowa State in the way that they're actually playing right now, which is well. They're playing well. 
And now all of a sudden it's like Iowa State, you know. Now all of a sudden people are like angry at Iowa State. There's like players. I saw some players quote tweet saying like, "Oh, okay, let's go." You know, like yeah. Byron Murphy mm-hmm. quote tweeted and said 7 p.m. Yeah, just on and the it's quote. just like, oh, buddy, if you, you if you get the response that are like one word, it's over. It's, it's over. It's over. If you're not even a bar from Byron Murphy, just bet. Like basically bet. just saying bet. Let's go. <laughs> Byron Murphy is like top two guys. I would not want to be mad at me. The, the other, other one, one is, is Sweat. The other one's Sweat. <laughs> the other one's next to him on the defensive line. Do you think that left guard walks in the locker room the next day and everyone's like, I'm fired up, bro. Like, let's show them. Or are they like, what the hell? Well, yeah. Ish, Ish and it's, I were talking about that before you came in. Yeah. And we were like, I bet the SID is just really frustrated He's just like, right now uh, because if i'm if i'm like his teammate and i'm walking into the locker room i'm like dude what the heck are you thinking yeah rocco like, beck's what? like you realize i'm a freshman right they're gonna right. kill me exactly <laughs> like, that's what i'm saying rocco beck's I'd like be throw me some throw me a angry. bone here man like yeah I, they're i'm they're hitting me right yeah. you got a block they're hitting me now so, the flip side of this yeah this was pre-game if iowa state wins Get ready. Listen, so so I was telling Mallory this. Uh, there were some there were some interesting stats uh, that Parker Stats of War he puts up his obviously he puts up his game stats, but he's putting up some season stats that I thought were it's very fascinating. One of them was defensive. Uh, and by the way, we should mention Jonathan Brooks also out for the year for this game. So yes. this is a massive loss for Texas. And even more because I was reading this stat. This is yards before contact, defensive yards before contact, uh, which is what it is what it is. The definition of it is what it sounds like. How many yards a running back can gain on your defense before basically somebody hits them, right? The fourth-ranked team in the country is Iowa State. They're allowing just 1.15 yards before contact. So a game without Jonathan Brooks, a lot's going to be on C.J. Baxter, a lot's going to be on Jadon Blue. We may see Savion Red and that weird – Wildcat package? No, <laughs> just put him at running back, dude. Just yeah. put him at running back. No more red cat. Look, listen. Um, Sark says no. <laughs> Sark says we're doing this anyway. Um, regardless, this is one of the best rush defenses in the country. In a game where you're down your best player on offense, so it's we've been asking it since the Bama game. We've only gotten it the Bama game. Do we get the Quinn Ewers game again? Is this the situation where we get the Quinn Ewers game? Well, they're going to need the Quinn Ewers game, Quinn Ewers legacy game coming up. But also, remember how we talked about how bad the 33-5 is and it's getting exposed? Mm-hmm. These they guys run, run it real well. This is the only team in the country that's like ran it well like for a decade, basically. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they've been running it for so long that it's so entrenched in their system. They can do so many different things off of it. Mm-hmm. Five defensive backs in the backfield and good ones, too. Like TJ Tampa, yeah. future NFL guy. So this is going to be a game without your starting running back. Need Quinn Ewers to step up. Yeah, this is going to. And I will say this: Texas has the edge defensively versus their offense. They're not a great running offense. Uh, Rocco Beck's been fine, but he hasn't been like prolific by any means. It has been a defensive and kind of muck it up kind of game for for Iowa State. Um, the running, I believe, their best running back is gaining like maybe four and a half yards a carry. So again, fine, not great. So this will be a, this will be a game that the defenses decide, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It, if Texas loses this game, it's because it's seventeen to fourteen. Yes, it's because Quinn Ewers does not have. He's not able. One, I do think C.J. Baxter needs to. This isn't going to be. I'm, I'm not riding. I'm not writing off C.J. Baxter in terms that he can't make a difference. He's going to have to have a good game anyway. But I don't think he's going to have to have. He's not going to have to have 150 yards, right? He just has to be reliable along with Jadon Blue. Quinn Ewers is going to have to be the one to kind of put this forward because that defense, they're going to have to hit this defense over the top a couple times. And yeah, maybe this is like the C.J. Baxter, you have arrived game. Because it Could happened be. It be. happened versus Kansas State, and yeah. he had that 50-yard touchdown, and then like, we didn't see him the rest of the game. Yeah. And so maybe this is the, this is the game. We'll see. I'm going Texas, but it'll, it may be an ugly one. Yeah. Like, I was going to go Iowa State, but now that quote. <laughs> I was about to say that quote is like, nah, I'm going no. Texas. I have to go Texas. You can't take <laughs> Iowa State after that. All right, our final game of the week, SMU playing at Memphis this Saturday at 11 a.m. You can watch it on ESPN2. SMU coming in as eight-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 66-and-a-half. All right, so going back to that uh, that stat that I was mentioning, yards before contact, SMU ninth in the country in, d- mm-hmm. in yards allowed before contact, 1.4. This has been a nasty, nasty team to watch. Mm-hmm. And I think last week – Last week kind of like showed to me, we've always asked like, oh, this offense isn't explosive. Do they? And I think last week showed me they don't need to be. I really don't no. think they need to be. This defense Look, is so good. 
we've had the semifinalists for the Broyles Award for the nation's top assistant come out. If I had a vote, and I don't, I would go Scott Simons, the He's defensive coordinator for SMU, fantastic. because that defense has been legit. It's so dirty this well, year, Well, and man. just like the just the flip from last year to this year, too. Like, it's just night and day. Red defense. Lashley came like, and was like, I'm fixing this, yeah, and like absolutely. just brought in players. Just right, in, oh right. Oh, my God, yeah. Because it was been such an issue last year. And I'll say this. Memphis is all offense this mm-hmm. year. They like are. they let me look at, Let me read you some of their scores. So, UAB 45-21. Of course, they lost to Tulane 31-21. Uh, they beat Boise State, who's like eh, 35-32. Of course, Missouri's not a bad loss. Uh, North Texas, you remember that? We remember that game, 45-42. We remember that one. South Florida, 59-50. And then last week, in overtime against Charlotte, 44-38. That this poor is a team offense that, is so tired. <laughs> I was about to say, I was about to say, it's Seth, it's Seth Hennigan and Watson going, please, anybody get a stop. Blake Watson's almost at 1,000 yards, uh, yards rushing, and he's like, please, somebody get a stop. Um so this is – I don't – this game can only be won one way by Memphis, right? This SMU def- offense doesn't make mistakes. They're very methodical because they haven't needed to be anything else. And I don't think this is the game where they need to – I don't see this as a game where they need to get out of their second, third gear, in my opinion. I think we've all come to the realization that SMU is a for real team this year. I think yeah. this might be the game where the nation is okay. SMU is legit New Year's Six Bowl contenders. Because I think I – think, what's the spread on this one? Uh, eight and a half SMU. I think this could be. I think they can cover that. Like, I was, I, yeah. I'm this could be. This could that. very. Uh, the, I agree with Carter because I think this could be like a like thirty-eight twenty-four type uh-huh. of game where we're mm-hmm. like, oh man, they just dominated Memphis wire to wire, and so I'm kind of expecting that because we haven't seen we haven't seen them t- against TCU. Yes, but like we haven't seen them tested really at all this year when they got in the conference. Now, if they win, is it because they got a shiesty game? Or is oh, it because geez. the defense wrecked? Um, both. I'm gonna say we get. I'm gonna say we get a peach ice game. If you get both, that means it's fifty to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm saying we get a peach ice game because I think Pichiste Memphis will game. get theirs to an extent. Yeah. Right. Okay. Their their offense is pretty good. It is. Um, but I do think that defense is just there to get. Like I think their their Memphis's offense is good enough to get 20, 24 to twenty eight, mm-hmm. right? Twenty eight for twenty eight points, and then I just think that SMU's offense is gonna be like thirty eight forty five and something around there. So yeah. I th- I'm gonna pick them to cover. I think they win big. I'm picking double digits. P. Shiesty goes for over three hundred and fifty yards. If he gets three fifty, <laughs> he's P. Shiesty. My my P. Shiesty is like Gus Johnson's Maserati Mar. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to make this happen. If those are four hundred once this year, you will get to write the P. Shiesty. In <laughs> my defense, SMU Twitter account did just pull that out of nowhere. It was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Look, we've we've messed we've uh, of course we've messed with a. Uh, Mallard on how bad Joe Burrow's playing this year, but the nickname's <laughs> up for grabs right now as far as I'm concerned. They haven't turned their season around, so. <laughs> oh, that's true. All right, let's uh, let's switch into the lightning round here. UTSA hosting South Florida tomorrow, no, Friday, November 17th yes. at 8 p.m. You can watch on ESPN2. UTSA coming in as 16-point favorites, over under 67 and a half. Hmm. Uh, South Florida's <laughs> not very good. Um, UTSA <laughs> is the machines coming online. Yeah. I do wonder. I do wonder because this is the first time in a while that they've had to that they're gonna have to play with their head coach's name kind of floating around there. And it's senior night. And it's senior. Ooh, and a, it's a short week. It's a short week. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not saying they'll lose this game. I don't think South Florida's that talent. There's talented. just a and, lot of but South Florida does have a really good freshman QB. He's not. He hasn't been playing badly. Wait, what? He hasn't been playing? No, but badly. Oh, badly. I meant. Not Is he a Frisco uh, guy? Is that why you said that? No, <laughs> I just saw him play Rice one time, and I was like, "This guy is pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty good." That's not shocking at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most on-brand. I saw one game and was like, "This guy's good." <laughs> <laughs> Carter Yates hashtag certified. Yeah. Um, I mean, let me look up his numbers. Bri- uh, Bynum Brown, right? Yeah, you gotta you gotta take in, keep in mind he's seventeen. Yes. I think. yes, I think he is actually <laughs> like he jumped up. Uh, I mean, okay, twenty five hundred yards, eighteen touchdowns, eight picks. That's not bad. For, 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 for rushing for numbers too. Oh yes, okay, sorry, <laughs> that's just the available passing. Rushing numbers, okay, six fifty nine through the on the ground. Yeah, he's kind of their offense. Look yeah. At that. Okay, <laughs> not bad, not bad. Um, I do. I just wonder because like the last time Joey uh, John McGuire, uh Jeff Trailer's name came up 
was for the tech job, but he uh-huh. it came out quickly that he was not going to take it. Well, right. Did this happen last year too, where he was in the mix for all these head coaching jobs? Because he said in his press conference, like, we know how to handle this because it happens every year. I don't think last year, no. Last year wasn't as. No, last year was not because I don't. I can't remember what there were no jobs that he would have really? been in the running for. Yeah, I mean, really, it I was twenty twenty one. I thought. Yeah. Because the tech job came open, and I think SMU at the time was it? No, I think I think Lashley was. I think he was there. Uh, twenty twenty. He was in line for the tech job, uh, TCU, I think. But I think that one went away pretty quickly. Um, and yeah, North Texas. That's that was pretty much a lateral move at right. that point. Um, so I think in twenty twenty one he came up for the tech job, but that one got squashed pretty quickly. He was very much like that one, very much like he's not taking that job mid season, which is what they were looking for, which is why Joey ended up going there. Um, this one, it's not a like one, I, I, we have no idea if AM's made contact at all. So, like, that's one thing. And he, and because of that, obviously, I don't think he would shut the door on AM. So, it's not a situation where like he wouldn't take the AM job mid year, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. So, he's been very coy about it. Well, it, we don't know if he's made contact with AM, but we do know his picture is all over Twitter from <laughs> Texas High School Coaches Association. Yes. Which is everywhere. They are very yeah. much. I believe even uh, 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 Kendall Miller, from uh, the who's the president elect of the THSCA, he just straight up tweeted out hashtag trailer to college station or yeah. something like that. And it's like, oh my God. Uh, so, yeah, that's the only reason why I would like be any form of skeptical for this game. Other than that, I mean, UTSA is really turning it on. I think. I think um, I'm trying to think. There was. Did you see the article on? Um, not the article. The piece on Zakari Franklin. The news on him, where he basically he's not on the team. Elected not to play, and he's not no, on the team anymore. No, because we talked about him last week. Remember yeah. that? I was like, I think he's still at Ole Miss, but yeah. we pulled up his numbers, and he just wasn't doing. And really so, well. well, the reason why I bring that up is because Clark, I believe, had surgery on his knee. Right. Recent this week, I think yesterday, trailer announced that. So they're down to Josh Cephas, and of course they're. Ogo Kellogg and all those guys have really stepped up a lot, but like that just really puts to bed that whole thing. And then I saw the Zakari Franklin tweet, he's no longer with Ole Miss, and there was some like issues of like him not refusing to play kind of thing. So he wanted I, I mean, I don't know, yeah. but yeah. I would assume he wanted to keep his red shirt. Maybe, yeah. Because yeah. he wasn't playing that much anyway. So yeah, it's an unfortunate situation for him. Um but yeah, so really off field stuff's the only reason I would be skeptical about UTSA in this one. But and I'm not even that skeptical. No, I'm really not. No, I don't either. All right, moving on here. Texas A&M hosting Abilene Christian this Saturday at 11 a.m. You can watch it on ESPN Plus or SEC Network. And there's no lines in this one because yep. Abilene Christian is Don't care. FCS Don't school. care. Yeah, no, seriously. I'll say this. I care from a standpoint of I just want to see how these guys play without Jimbo. Yeah. Just to see, right? Elijah Robinson takes over as, as uh, interim. Head, interim head coach. I just want to see if these guys just come out and it's like – is Bobby Petrino calling some plays that he hasn't called before? Yeah, and it's like, that's are we just be, like, why would he versus Abilene Christian? Why not? Why not? You, like, you got, you got, like, hey, this is my first like game. Two, actually, say, Petrino's probably going to be looking for a job. It's like, why not? It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna we're gonna throw the ball sixty times because I got to find a coordinator job next year. You know, right? Okay. Um, and it's not okay. a guarantee. Like, I think a lot of people, including ourselves, were kind of like expecting him to offer Mike Elko the job. Mm-hmm. Um, these coaches really don't know if they're going to be there. Robinson, like I would say, Robinson's and uh, is probably the only guy that's like probably plus to stay there. Like eighty percent going to stay there. Whoever they bring in, um, everybody else kind of coaching for the like. Are you bringing in? Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, I'm trying. To, who's the who's the who's the quarterbacks coach? It's not. I know it's not Petrino. The quarterbacks coach at A and M. Yes, I've no, I've no. It clue. was Damian Craig, but he's the the wide receivers coach now. Which, by the way, don't know if he comes back. You know, like there's just like mm-hmm. that is a good point that Jeff Trailer had. Not to loop back too yeah. far, but he did say when they asked him about the A and M job, he said it's really sad because people talk about you know the buyout and Jimbo, yes. whatever. But there's a whole staff that gets affected by all this. Okay, stuff. so right. Petrino is the quarterbacks coach. I was thinking of James Coley, who's the co OC, the tight ends coach. Who knows? Steve Adazio is the offensive line coach. He's probably not coming back because that offensive line has not been very good. So there's a lot of guys coaching for their job, coaching for the next head coach. So that's what I'm interested in seeing, right? I don't think this is – no, this isn't going to be worth paying attention to from an X's and O's standpoint. Um, who knows? Somebody may see this game and say, Elijah Robinson, he's worth taking a shot on as a head coach. Mm-hmm. Who, kno- who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So that's that's the only reason I'm going to be interested in this one. That's the only reason you should be interested in this one. Can yeah. we do real quick just who do you think the coach is going to be? Like if you had if you had to put all your chips in one basket. I think Mike Elko. Mike Elko. Mike Elko. Oh, that or Dan Lanning. Yeah, I'm going Dabo Sweeney. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. That'd be disgusting. Did you not see that press conference clip that he had where 
like he paid, he probably paid someone like a hundred dollars to ask him about the A and M job, and he was like, "I'm just focused on this week." Of course. And I was, and then it like all started puzzle pieces in my mind. I was like, "He's Tyler from Spartanburg, like a little bit unhappy this year." <laughs> what is Tyler from Spartanburg gets him out, <laughs> gets him out of Columbus. I've had it, I've had it here because of that one question from that one guy. I would probably say Dan Lanning too. Yeah, I would it's that'd splashy. Be, that'd be I was know. about to say that'd be the splashy hire to do. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's move on here. UTEP playing at Middle Tennessee this Saturday at 1 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Middle Tennessee coming in as seven-and-a-half-point favorites. The yeah. The 47-and-a-half. Yeah. Um, this game makes me sad. <laughs> um, this game's just not interesting to me at all because, like, Middle Tennessee's, like, I, I do think Middle Tennessee's beatable. Let's put it that way. They've lo- they lost to New Mexico State. They've only beaten, I believe, let me see. They've only beaten FIU, La Tech, and Murray State. So, like, they're beatable. But, like, at this point, I'm like, what does is, what is beating middle do? Yeah. Because then they get Liberty. <laughs> and Liberty's going to be playing for a New Year's Six potential. I'm not saying they're getting the New Year's Six. But, like, they're in that running. I think they're ranked 25th right now. And they're going to look for some style points. Okay, speaking week. of Liberty, real quick, off topic. Did y'all see that tweet? that he th- I heard it was fake. Okay. I heard the two. That's what sucks about Twitter so much How do you now. Know, is everything is fake. Yeah. I know, but it was heard, so interesting. So, uh, for those of you that don't know, there was a tweet that went viral uh, from Jamie Chadwell who tweeted out something about practice or what? Let me see. Here it is, right here. See everyone on Wednesday. He was quote tweeting. Because uh, Liberty plays tonight. I yeah, think. and so he was quote tweeting something that said like a programming note: the coach's show will be on Thursday or whatever, Wednesday or whatever. And he was saying, "See everyone on Wednesday." Well, the the. <laughs> Somebody, I guess, I guess, figuring out it was fake. Somebody added a geo tag to the bottom, saying "From Starkville, Mississippi," because <laughs> yeah. the Mississippi State jobs open. Um, which, of That's course, so I, th- funny. I, I th- thought that was real too. I, I thought completely it was real. The got reason why that. I thought it was the reason why I kind of was skeptical. I wanted to believe it was real so bad was because these guys know how coaching searches work. I know, and there's no way that any of them have location on. Like, at all. So, like, but I, I, trust me, it took me a while to believe, and then I finally saw an article that debunked it, but I wanted it to be real so bad, because I was like, that, that just would have been, like, an awesome fumble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, know. But, and also, they don't always interview in person, either. That's the other thing, is, like, these, do, these dudes do Zoom, they meet at, like, a middle yeah. spot, like, in Atlanta or something, so, but... Gotta be COVID conscious. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. still gotta be COVID conscious, but I did love that. That It would have been perfect, because his name has come up for that job, the Mississippi mm-hmm. State job. We're almost at flight tracker season we for are. college coaches. We're almost, we're almost. So, I'll say this about the, getting back on UTEP, I, I think they they could win this game. Gavin Hardison is shut down for the year. I believe he had surgery last week. Uh, yeah, Colin I saw that. tweeted that out. So, you know, unfortunately, it, they do know now – or not unfortunately. They, fortunately, they know what the situation is at quarterback now. I just don't – I don't know. Do you believe in McConnell at all? Like, I don't, I don't know. Not really. Yeah. yeah. I think this is, the, this is the winnable game. I just don't think they do it. Like, Middle Tennessee is not very good, but I'm taking – I'm taking them anyway. Yeah. I'm taking Middle Tennessee, Middle, middle Tennessee <laughs> as well. <laughs> Struggling over here. <laughs> All right, with that being said, let's move on here. Rice playing at Charlotte this Saturday at 1 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Rice coming in as two-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 46-and-a-half. Must-win bat signal. Yep. Yeah, it is kind of a must-win for them. Um, I think – is he still out? I think he's still out. Or he's, I know it's JT, JT Daniels. Daniels I, mean. yeah. I think he's still in concussion protocol, um, which of course is tricky. It could mean he's cleared tomorrow. It could mean he's out for another week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, Paget was fine, right? He was like fine. Um, but did we ever figure out why Chase Jenkins didn't start? I did not know that. I did. I, yeah, I don't know if we figured that out because he. I don't because know, that that was like one of our main questions on the recap episode last week is right. why did AJ Paget, who's I guess technically the third string, right? Start yeah, I don't know. I think because like Jenkins. everybody, even the American I'm seeing now, the American even had like a tweet out before heading into that game saying Chase Jenkins likely going to start, um, huh. and so then of course the news came out that AJ Paget would start. Let me see. Uh, the Roost had something. Um, Oh, no, never mind. I thought they had something on it. I don't know. But it, uh, A.J. Padgett did start last week, and he is a freshman. Um, he played fine. Like I said, he was 182 yards, 60% completion is what it is. I'm very fascinated. I don't know because – I put my bet on Chase Jenkins. He looked good. He looked, I'm not saying he looked good, but I'm just trying to think, like, it is a must win for Rice. Yeah. Here's the thing. Either yeah. one of them 
can beat Charlotte. That's a good point. Because Charlotte's three and seven. Yeah, Charlotte's. Yeah, that's is a good this game home or away? It it's matter. at Charlotte. Doesn't matter. It's at Charlotte, <laughs> it. Let me see if it matters. One and four at home. So actually, it's better that it's at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. I mean, they need this win so bad. They actually need this win so bad. I did think I did I did find it funny that like They're Biff Pogi weighed in on the Jim Harbaugh situation because like, he was of course he was on Michigan staff and so he yeah. weighed in on like the whole thing. He was like I don't I basically saying like I never heard of Connor Stallions and I was right next to Jim Harbaugh the whole time. Sure. Um, so I Thanks, just Biff. I just love I just love how he was like by the way <laughs> <laughs> all the way from <laughs> yeah all the way from Charlotte saying by the way he didn't cheat you know it was like one of those things. Just like um, what was that. Did you hear something? No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think they should be able to They're beat They're handing Charlotte. the suspension papers. Yeah. Like, Wait! <laughs> <laughs> I got something right here. Um, so, look, uh, th- they shouldn't need them to beat Biff, uh, to beat Charlotte and Biff Pogey, but I don't know. Without without JT Daniels, it's kind of a wild card Look, situation. it would hurt if you're Mike Bloomgren losing this game and having to walk over to shake hands with the shirtless, sleeveless Biff Pogey <laughs> who's got a cigar already lit up in his mouth. That would, I just that, that would suck. That. that would hurt. <laughs> that I would just, hurt. I just you know, it'd have that. some like smart ass remark too. Yeah. <laughs> like, get him next time, champ. And it's like, <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> what, are you, what are you saying to me? <laughs> what was it? Was it the game? I don't remember who it was. It might have been Tom Herman, but I, just seeing Tom Herman like shake the hand of <laughs> like, I, mean, I guess, like, I guess they played Florida Atlantic yeah, or yeah. whatever uh-huh. during the regular season. But I was just like, those are two very different coaches. Yeah. <laughs> like, the mm-hmm. dynamic between them two is very I hope different. he does work it out because I do love having him around. Yeah. Like, I just like his presence. He's a guy I'd, I need to have him. I was about to say, hope they, hope they get six wins next year, get to a bowl, because he's definitely a personality that I like. He's, a, he's just Well, we different. need to root for Rice in this situation. Yeah, in this situation, we need to root for Rice. I'm talking about next year. Yeah, I know. Next year, get to six wins, you'll be good to go. But, yeah, in Rice, uh, they should they should win this one. If they don't, then things get interesting. Mm-hmm. Get that gets them to five? Correct. Uh, yeah, yes, they, they, they need to win out. Two. They need to win out to get to a bowl. Which is their last game? Uh, it's a, it, is it UAB? FAU. FAU. Okay. Mm, we'll see. FAU is right. not unbeatable. Mm-mm. All right, let's go ahead and move on here. Uh, North Texas playing at Tulsa this Saturday at 2 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN Plus. UNT coming in as two and a half point favorites. The over under 66 and a half. That's wha- That's way too small of a <laughs> spread. Tulsa stinks. Tulsa well, stinks. Look, the UNT well, stinks in a different way. Their defense stinks. Yes, correct. <laughs> Tulsa is not a good team. Tulsa this year. can't put up anything. No. So look, here's look. Any look, kind of offensive. First production. of all, the team we just got finished talking about, Charlotte. They lost Charlotte. Uh, they barely beat Tulane, which feels like Tulane's just kind of like in neutral right now. Uh, they barely lost Tulane. Mm-hmm. Tulane's in neutral. They're playing close with everybody. It seems like sixty-nine to ten to SMU. They lost forty-two to ten to Rice. They lost. Uh, they ba- they barely lost to FAU. And their only other win is Temple and Northern Illinois. They stink. <laughs> this yeah. team is not good. I, UNT, this should be a flex get right game for UNT, in yes. my opinion. Need this game. Positive momentum in the last two games. Bowl games off the table. This is this is went through a tough schedule yes, this year. Yes. This should be a temple repeat for them. They yeah. should very much be able right. to do what they did to Temple. Because like I said, t- I'm trying to think. Uh it looks like Cardell Williams is back to starting for them, as well as Braylon Braxton, but now it's back to Cardell Williams. They've yeah. played one, two, three, four quarterbacks this year. That's right. <laughs> uh, by the way, one of them, Roman Fuller. Shout out to Cater. Uh, I forgot about him. He was still he was still. How do you know that? Um, so, yeah, what? Uh, he was. They were good when he was there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they can't really run the ball. They're rushing. They're averaging four yards a carry, if that, running the ball. UNT should be able to. Should roll them. Yes. Two is just looking at – People saw the records. They're like, eh, two, two mm-hmm. point, two point spread. Like, eh, give me, give me UNT to cover and to win big. Give me UNT winning big, and if not, this is going to be a Sunday recap episode. It's going to be a. We're going to have some questions. We're going some. We're going orange flag. Yes. <laughs> I'm going orange flag on this one. If they, if they I don't won't win this be one. There. Just kidding, I'll be there. <laughs> Mallory will ditch. <laughs> I'm sick. Sick. Sorry. Of this team. <laughs> oh, terrible. Anyways, Texas State playing at Arkansas State this Saturday at 2 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Texas State coming in as three-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under, 59-and-a-half. This one's Trail, how do you feel? fascinating because fascinating. Arkansas State's not – the worst team in the Sun Belt anymore. Yeah, they're five and five. And unfortunately, yeah. they're five and five. But my only image of them is Butch Jones crying on the sideline versus Oklahoma. Oh so yeah, no, they got <laughs> seventy-three to nothing, which is <laughs> insane. Um, but they've come a long way since Butch Jones was crying on the sidelines. They they almost they almost they only nothing. lost by one score to South Alabama. 
who's really good. Uh, they beat Louisiana by 20. Yeah. And oh. they beat That's they beat they snuck by ULM and they only lost by 10 to Coastal Carolina. They got drilled by Troy, but everybody's getting drilled by Troy. Um, so again, at the beginning of the year I would have said this would have been one of the wins that Tech State would look to have. They're one of the worst teams. Not anymore. They're they're also fighting for a bowl still. Tech State has a bowl, of course, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm very curious how this bounce back will be because I mentioned against Coastal, Malik Hornsby finished that game. It wasn't TJ Finley. He wasn't hurt also. So I don't know. I'm very fascinated by this. I'm very fascinated too. I think TJ Finley comes back in the game. Yeah, I think, I think they're just trying to mm-hmm. get something working with Malik Hornsby in. Mm-hmm. We will have to see. Did they just – was their goal the whole year to make a bowl game? And once they make a bowl game, it's throttled down and neutral? Right. I don't know. I was about to say, it, it looked, looked, that, like, it looked it. like that way against Coastal, yeah. And meanwhile, Arkansas State looking hungry. Like I said, they barely lost by 10. Who was it? To South Alabama last week. But Coastal Carolina, is, look, it was a week-long party, okay? Yeah, I, yeah, I totally yeah. understand. You're still a little tired. Now we got to get back on track here. Now we We're need to win. We're fully recovered wins. now. You're fully recovered now. You've had so many Pedialytes by this point. Yes. <laughs> it's good. Yes. Um, the vibes are good. So let me see. Uh, Arkansas State's quarterback, I believe it's, I believe it's Jalen Rayner. Um, they played a couple others this year, but I think Jalen Rayner is their main guy. Decent numbers, not great. They're going to stay on the ground. Jaquez Cross has about five and a half yards of carry, which Tech State has been able to have, has been giving up some running yards. We'll see, um, but this one's going to be – a lot of it's going to be on just consistently with t- consistency with T.J. Finley because I think the running game is going to be fine, but it's just about if he's able to – if they're able to trust his deep ball in decision-making. Also, uh, let's cut the penalties in half. Yes, I would love that. Uh, what was it, 11, 13? 12. 12. That's oh, right, was for like 150 yards. It was something stupid like that. It was more than a football field. It was yeah. Like, yeah. So, Not the stat you want. So, yep. yes, I'll take Texas State, but – it wouldn't surprise me. Arkansas State's still playing for a bowl. Uh, they're playing pretty well right now. So, All right. Sam Houston playing at – wait. Yes, Sam Houston yep. playing at Western Kentucky this Saturday at 2.30. Oof. Uh, you can watch it on ESPN Plus. Western Kentucky coming in as 12.5-point fa- – Hello, point Mallory. <laughs> I transferred my, my talking <laughs> skills over <laughs> that way. Space jammed it from <laughs> Um, My talking skills. <laughs> yeah, so I would – as much as I like Sam getting on a nice little win streak. This one's going to be tough. It ends. This one's going to be, be tough. Yeah. I'm not even doing the jinxing thing anymore like I was the past two weeks. I think this one's going to be tough. Um, Austin Reed is still one of the best quarterbacks in, in Conference USA. I think – I know Western Kentucky's not in – I don't think they're in the race for Conference USA anymore. I think it's New Mexico. And, they're a little bit down. They're 5-5. Yeah. Five and five. Yeah. Uh, I think it's – isn't it Liberty in New Mexico State? I, I think, think so, yeah. yeah. Um, but still, I think they still have something to play for. They're still looking for a bowl game. So, I think this is going to be a game they just kind of – I don't want to say roll because I don't think that they're that bad, Sam Houston is, but I do think this is a game that's – Yeah. Roll I, – I think of roll as like three touchdowns or more. I think this is maybe just a double-digit game. I think um, it's a yeah. double-digit game, less than 20 points. Yeah. Sam Houston, nice two wins. Yeah. Western Kentucky is a different caliber team than the last two teams you played. Yes, 100%. Uh, Keegan Shoemaker continues to play well despite having zero running game at all to speak of. Um, and then they get middle next week, which could be a win. So, All right. Two more left. Houston hosting Oklahoma State this Saturday <laughs> at 3 p.m. I am going to be there. Oh, you're going to ESPN the Ollie Gordon two, Show? Oklahoma St- huh? You're going to the Ollie Gordon Show. Correct. Okay. Oklahoma State coming in as seven point favorites. The over under is fifty nine and a half. This is a this is a get right game for Oklahoma State. Oh, I just this is feel a body bag game for Houston. I feel like this is a get right game for Oklahoma State. They're angry. Ooh, buddy, Ollie Gordon was held to uh, twenty five yards on twelve carries last Whoa. week. Yeah, no way. Yeah, R J Harvey had over two hundred yards for UCF. So Ollie Gordon is mad right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I believe that I think he may still be in the lead. I think he still leads the country in rushing, or he's like I don't know if that game knocked him out. Let me see. Ollie Gordon, God, like, he still leads the country. Less he still leads the country touches. in rushing. <laughs> yeah. He still leads the country in rushing after last week um, with twelve hundred fifty yards. Yeah, he's guys. gonna get like two fifty in this game. <laughs> it's, gonna, yeah. it's gonna get ugly real fast. Also, did you see that Dana Holgerson is beefing with UCF right now for Which, the space uniforms? I'm kind of for it. I kind of like it, too. I'm kind of for it, so I don't know if you saw it. So he was on the radio show, 
And they, I think, I forgot what, did they ask him about it or something? I can't remember. I like to think he just brought it up. I, I do. Maybe they asked So him. basically he was like, uh, oh, because they were talking about Oklahoma State and then they lost to UCF last week and mm-hmm. they were wearing the space uniforms. Uh-huh. And I so like he mentioned those. something like, uh, let me see. Uh, here it is from Joseph Duarte. I thought we were Space City, he said. Host Jeremy Branham. Uh, guess they have claim to it too because they have Cape Canaveral there. Uh, Holgerson, it's 45 minutes away. It's not close. They don't say Orlando, we've got a problem. So, Facts. So, not wrong. What I said was, we need MTV and the VMAs to give one of those Moon Man trophies yes. to the winner of that game because I think they play yes. next week. So, I would love for this to be a thing. Um, with that being said, yes, Ollie Gordon, get right game, 200 yards. <laughs> also, do the love your blue uniforms, but just make them space uniforms now that you can't use them for the yeah. time. Oh my space city. gosh, that's the a space city uniforms. Idea. Which, by yeah. the way, if you are Space City, you just let, you, you didn't haven't done anything space related at all. Like you just yeah. let UCF walk over and say, "Yeah, Space U." Like their uniforms literally say Space U. So it's like, why aren't you doing something with space? Yeah. Like they've done they did the Love You Blue alternate, they've done black. They haven't done anything. I mean, NASA it was there. Like, yeah, you should be doing something space. I I agree. Let's do so, let's see something here. The reason why we're talking about that is because this game, I don't think it's going to be close. Yeah. <laughs> let's, no. put, let's put it that way. This game is not going to be no. close. Um, let me double check that. Ollie Gordon's going to be moonwalking. Oh, on literally. Literally. Uh, he's going to be going in slow motion. So it's it's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah. So Oklahoma State, and they're still, I think they're still second in the Big 12, so they really do need to yeah. hold on to these. I think they have Houston and BYU coming up, which should be wins. So they just need to hold on. I think Alan Bowman, he was hurt, I think, a little bit, but I think he'll be back. Um yeah, but basically it's whoever hands the ball off to Ollie Gordon. Yeah, true. All right, let's round it all out here. Texas Tech hosting UCF this Saturday at 4 p.m. You can watch it on FS2. Texas Tech coming in as three-point favorites. The over-under, 60 and a half. So, if Texas Tech – it's not a guarantee because UCF seems to have turned it around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they are a lot better. I believe they're also <clears throat> referencing that stat I mentioned earlier. The opposite side, yards per contact offensively, they're the number one team in the country at almost four yards a carry really? on offense before the before the before the uh, before contact. Yeah, they're number three in the nation in rushing offense. That's insane. So again, slow start for them. They've really fixed some things. Um, that Baylor game seems to just be like something weird that happened. Well, it's also John Rice Plumley is back. That's true. Yes, he is back. I forgot he did not. He missed like half the year, over half the year. So. Not a guarantee at all. Last week showed they can stop the run. Mm-hmm. So as we, as we saw, it, I think it depends on the health of Baron Morton more than anything because mm-hmm. if Tech goes into the same with the game, same game plan last week, okay, then there's probably a one-dimensional thing that they've been shown to shut down, right? Mm-hmm. If he's healthier and we see more of that last drive – I think this game could blow it open. They could blow it open potentially. Yeah. What we forget too is November. Joey McGuire. He's five and one in November. Let's go, go baby. Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. No one does the turkey month like Joey McGuire. <laughs> Here's the thing, and they're also they have five wins. They need one more for a bowl, and it's this week, and then Texas next week. Oh, yep. yeah. So they need they, this one. They need this one. And I'll, I'll say this. I'll pose this question. We'll probably talk about it Sunday too if they win. I mentioned this a little bit to you and Craven. I think last year was kind of a lightning in a bottle type of year. Texas and Oklahoma were down. Oklahoma State was down. All of a sudden, Tech found itself winning those kind of games with probably a roster that wasn't ready to win those kind of games, right? Yeah. If they had the best year since Leach, but I think Leach's rosters were more talented at those times. They were probably like a six to seven win team last year, right? That happened to get the, the fortune of good luck and bad comp teams elsewhere. I still think they're on track. Like I think they are too. I think a lot of people are like, this year is a down year. It's a bad year. Disappointing. Yes, by the standards of last year, yeah, sure, you wanted them to compete for the title. I think in the in the logical sense of what Matt Wells left that program as and what right. Joey McGuire had to kind of do, I think they're on track. Well, like everything, we the media ruined it. Sure, because we, we said did. they were dark horse Big Twelve. We did. Well, <laughs> honestly, Vegas had them as like dark. <laughs> I think they were like fourth or fifth, roughly in odds. So like yeah. that's dark horse territory. So I think again. Last year was a circumstantial like benefit benefit to them. I don't think they were a nine win team on paper, and I don't know. But I, next I, year, dark horse. Big <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, probably starts all, probably starts up all over again next year. But I'll say this to say, even if they go six and six, seven and five, if they pull an upset because if they pull an upset, they're giving them a lifetime contract. I can just say that right oh, now. Yeah. If they beat Texas, um, 
They'll carry Brett Six. Yormark and Joey McGuire <laughs> off the field at the same time together. <laughs> it's going to be like, they remember, they remember the Titans when they both lift the football yeah. together at the end? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, uh, I'll end with that because... I think six, seven wins is still perfectly on pace for what this team should be and probably is at naturally. So give All me right. Texas Tech in this one, and that'll do it for us. Give yep. me Tech. Give me Tech. All righty. So we'll wrap it up there. Remember, promo code DCTF right there. Uh, let me make sure I got that. Uh, there we go. Wait. There we go. Promo code DCTF, 15% on first-time so purchase. Why hard for you? What? Because it's like, it's right it's like hovering it. above. You it's did bracketology on Texas football tonight. You Shut did up. it perfectly. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Anyway, anybody listening to this is trying to figure out what I'm doing right now. Anyway, uh, promo code DCTF for first 15% first time purchase. Uh, and yes, that'll do it for us. Please go Rutgers as well. Uh, Ross Bjork, give us a call because uh, you're looking for a new head coach. And we have some thoughts. So if you want to go also read Craven's article on who he thinks should be the final two uh, frontrunners for the Texas A&M job. Go read uh, Carter Yates on what you put out this week. What have you done? <laughs> second half Sark. We dove into every second half of C. Sarkeesian's coaching career. That is correct. Yeah. And the numbers, not and, good. And we got, we got, he has a piece over Texas Tech coming out soon. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else off the top of my head. I think that's it. Just go to TexasFootball.com. Just go to the website, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, subscribe to Texas Live as well. We got playoffs going on, so right. please do all that stuff. The ladies are working very hard. With that being said, thank you. We'll see you guys on Sunday. Thank you.